Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. And welcome to Maybe Baby, the podcast for the parentally undecided. I'm Kate Lawler, and I'm still not sure if I want to have children. And I'm Bodge, still hoping that one day Kate will change her mind and give me offspring. (laughs) Now, as women grow up, we are inundated with questions about fertility. Do you want kids? When are you two going to have kids? How come you don't want kids? And if we do ever decide to try for a baby, personally, I think one would be enough. So we thought we'd speak to a parent with just the one, and that parent is Bryony Gordon. Now, this episode focuses on the conversation around having a second child, the pressure to do it, the reasons to decide whether to, and why Bryony hasn't. Bryony's story is one of excess addiction and recovery and ultimately has made her an important figure in the field of mental health with her charity that you hear us mention, Mental Health Mates. So this was a bit different for us insofar as we weren't in a studio, but we took a trip to Clapham and went to Bryony's house around 6.30 on a summer's evening earlier this year. So prepare for guinea pig noises, (laughs) Bryony's husband locking himself out and her daughter popping in because of Polly Pockets. You had a really great conversation with Bryony's daughter as well, didn't you? Where (laughs) you spoke and she didn't. I think she was either scared of you or... Or I just don't know how to talk to children. (laughs) Anyway, there's loads of good stuff in here, not just about having children, but also about life. Yeah. Of which Bryony's had an extremely interesting one, uh, but we can talk more about that at the end of the episode. So here's what happened when we sat down with the lovely Bryony Gordon. So today's guest is a bit of a hero to me. I'm delighted we can make this happen. She is a supremely busy lady, so we've come to her wonderful, brightly coloured home uh, to record. Promise we won't steal anything. There's nothing to steal. Uh, guinea pigs? Put that way. We can bunch. take the guinea pigs. Though. I'm going to take a guinea pig. She has had a terribly interesting life, as documented in her 2014 autobiography, The Wrong Knickers, with tales of drugs, alcohol and heartbreak. Her life would give EastEnders a run for its money. Uh, she's left all that behind her now, though, and not only is she teetotal and so but she is an active campaigner for promoting mental health, dealing with everything from addiction to body image to OCD with absolute honesty. However, I'm sure the achievement she's most proud of is little Edie, her daughter she made with hubby Harry, and it's the topic of having just a single child that brings us here today. So without further ado... I'm delighted to introduce Miss Bryony Gordon. Do you know how weird it is hearing you say that? Because when I was like, tw- when were you on Big Brother? 2002. 22. 17 years I ago. I remember like watching you and thinking, oh my God, she's so cool. <laughs> <laughs> In my like less than way. And it's funny to think of all those things that you like 
you think about yourself and you compare yourself to other people and then like 17 years later they're sitting in your kitchen and you're chatting and they're like you're really cool and I'm like shut the front door I'm not cool (laughs) you're really cool I was the least cool person I wore my mum's neck curtains for the finale did you see that outfit gross it was I thought it was really cool I remember watching it with my boyfriend at the time we got like lashed up lashed up (laughs) if you can hear um, if you can hear some sort of strange noise in the background it's the guinea pigs let's just have a listen which one's that that is Katie brilliant name Katie and Charlotte they're boys (laughs) but my daughter was like no that's their names so they're very they're gender fluid they're gender fluid guinea pigs and um, they are literally we're sitting almost in their cage with them (laughs) because our house is so tiny so uh, they're in the kitchen and I was just saying to you earlier like when we got I was like we can get guinea pigs but they are not coming in the house and now they're in the house and they take up half the kitchen and pretty sure I'm sure that me and Harry and Edie will be in the cage (laughs) And they'll be roaming free around the house, running ting. It is is a big pen. It is a big pen. It's luxurious. Baxter and Shirley would love that broccoli on the floor. They're big fans of raw broccoli and raw cucumber. We should have brought them round. Chaos. We nearly did. Our dog set cancelled on us. Do you know what? We're basically living parallel lives apart from the alcohol, I feel. Do you? And the child. Well, because we're both the same age. Well, is that almost exactly we both the same had, age? We both had our fair share of relationships, bad and good. We both run marathons in our underwear. Yeah, you did it first. I did it first. You did it yeah. away. You were the like the original. I was obviously. <laughs> I didn't. I, I I was just copying you. I, I didn't know you'd done it, but I was obviously like you're my inspo. There you go. And we both got two animals. Uh, you've got to meet them. But today we're going to talk about children yeah. and the possibility of having them or not as I like to say. <laughs> Are you gonna, um, at the end of each podcast, you go, oh, well, off that one, I don't think we'll have children. <laughs> we have, actually. <laughs> There's been a couple we've recorded and I've been like, oh, Ooh. I think I could. And then other times I'm like, well, that's put me off for life. <laughs> so this will be interesting to hear what you've well, got to I'm, say. I'll be in- I'm going I'm to ask you the question at the end. What camp does, <laughs> yeah. does this podcast fall into? We have a scorecard and at the end we have to stick to it. Okay. So. But today we are discussing the idea of, of having more than one child and uh, the social pressure and sense of obligation and yeah. that people put on you to do it and the backlash when you don't. Um, and you are, your status as a, a one-child mum. You've done it and you've thought about it and we'd like to know where you are with it now. Well, I don't... I, I'm one of three and I guess I just assumed that... Well, I, the, the, the first thing, the first place to start is I never thought that I would ever end up having children. Like, my life was fucking chaos. Sorry, can I swear? Yes. Yeah, yeah, I say this do. on every podcast I do. I'm yeah, like, yeah. can I swear? They're like, you've already sworn 15 yeah, times. Fine. <laughs> I didn't... Because my life was so chaotic. Like, I was... I was like a kind of whirling dervish party girl. I, I had men that were not committed to me. They were sort of committed to their wives kind of thing. It was not cool. It was not, I was really sort of self, it was horrible. It was horrible. Like I made terrible choices. And so I, uh, I didn't think I would ever meet anyone that would like, I could settle down with. And my whole notion was that, so I felt like a bit of a failure. I mean, that was what the wrong knickers was really about. But I was also really unwell. I was like in active alcoholism and addiction, which Mm. I now see now, but I didn't at the time. I just thought I was a normal party girl having fun. Yeah. Um, So parenthood wasn't something that I ever kind of thought would happen to me. And then I met my husband, my now husband, Harry, and we'd only been together about seven, eight months when um, I pissed on the stick and found out I was pregnant. <laughs> and we were like, we were like, I had, I had, he was like my life raft because I was in a really kind of toxic relationship. 
and I kind of left that person for mm. Harry because he was I was like I'm sick of this I'm sick of like going for people that are shits and are you know what I mean and treat me badly or mm. aren't there and Harry was really kind and patient and we'd known each other for a while and we got to get we just got we really you know what I mean it was like a kind of it wasn't like the fireworks I'd no. sort of led to believe yeah. that happened in films like it was like this sort of slow dawn where I was like oh you're quite nice he was there all along wasn't he right in front yeah, of you yeah yeah and we were hanging out all the time we practically lived we lived like really close to each other anyway so we so while we hadn't been together long I sort of knew that he was cool and so yeah so so that happened really quickly and it's really funny we're doing this on the eve of Edie's sixth birthday she'll be birth yeah she'll be six tomorrow and um I've been thinking back a lot to like that kind of period and how we were like I felt like we were children ourselves we weren't we were like 31 (laughs) 32 like we were like no you were grown humans (laughs) But um, I was going to ask you the question, did you know you always wanted to be a mum? Because I remember in school saying, oh, get married at this age and have kids. Yeah, 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 totally. But then when you get into your 20s, you kind of go, oh, no. I remember being brought up to believe that success was getting married and having a kid. Mm. And like my success would be defined not on, you know, my ability to have a great career, but it would be, you know, and, I, and that was where I thought yeah. all my worth was going to be found, which is kind of tragic mm. now when I think about <laughs> it. So I knew that it was something that I thought I should do and I wanted, mm. you know, I wanted to do because that was what success looked like to me. Like everyone, I, you know, I, I'd have the career, the husband, the kid. Um, and of course that, that has happened, <laughs> but my definition of success is very different and I've learned a lot through it. But yeah, we were kind of like thrown into it at the deep end. And I guess I assumed then that when we had ED and we got married and we had our flat in Clapham and I was like, look at me, I'm living the fucking dream. I got a bugaboo and a baby and a <laughs> husband that watches the rugby. Do you have a yellow jacket? All these mums. Oh, well, with the, with, the, with, the, with, the, with the stripes. With the, the stripes. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. The Patty Bateau one. Right, okay. Yeah. Yeah. One. Yes, I do. I yes. assume they hand that out once you reach a certain they do. class They level. do, they do. Okay, yeah, fine. yeah. You, NCT classes, they give it to you. <laughs> um, no, actually, I did have one of those. Did you? Very Good. early. Yeah, that was what I thought. That, that, this is, this is going to look good with a pair of jeans <laughs> and a really trendy nappy bag. Anyway, <laughs> I don't have it anymore. Um, so, yeah, but it just didn't, we didn't have another child. I read in obviously the wrong knickers that you just presumed you wouldn't have kids and then mm. you were surprised when you, yeah. as you said, pissed on the stick, which made me laugh. So was were you just kind of like, well, just not be careful and see what happens? <laughs> yeah, I mean, she wasn't planned, but we certainly, <laughs> we weren't using any um, contraception. <laughs> so, you know, oh, look, I can actually see my husband <laughs> at the door through there looking through. Um, he hasn't got keys. Oh, well. Uh, he can stay outside. Um, Do you want to get the door? Should I get the yeah, door? I don't think he should stay outside. Should I bring him in? Please bring him in. Yeah, I just didn't, I just thought this will never happen to me. Also, don't you find, I kind of expected that... <sighs> I just expected, I always was reading about people having to have IVF. And I was like, I won't get pregnant. Do you know what I mean? Like, no, I don't know what you mean because I've never ever had, to, I've never tried. Yeah. Do you know what you mean to have a baby? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But in the back of your head, were you not just like, if we're having fun and if he's, oh, it sounds really graphic, but if he's doing his business there, we might just have, we might get pregnant. And did you not think, this would be great if I we did? I was thinking, I was kind of like, I was, dr- I was like, I was dr- drinking and drugging quite a lot. So I wasn't, there wasn't, there wasn't anything, there wasn't anything sort of this kind of 
There wasn't like an overarching strategy. No, God, no, there wasn't a strategy. It was just just stay alive for another day for much of my my 20s and early 30s. It still is. Was this in the book? Oh, there's Edie. She's going, sorry. Oh, it's okay. See, this is this is basically what our life will be like as parents yeah. with dogs. You just, you know. Yeah, but Baxter goes. Oh, I know. He would disrupt a podcast. At least, at least kids speak English, right? Yeah. When yeah. I say to Baxter, why are you moaning? It's you have probably, a good life. I tell you what, it's probably. Um, hey, Edie, happy birthday for tomorrow. Oh, are you doing anything nice for it? Going anywhere special? Do you know where you're going? You're going somewhere fun. Don't you? Good. You have lots of fun. <laughs> We're going to Chessington, aren't we, Andy? Oh, I have loads of fun. Right. Yeah, love Chessington. Do they still have the vampire ride? Yes, they do. Bloody love that. I'm like, okay, yeah, she just was losing, missing a Polly Pocket. That's obviously reason to throw a huge <laughs> I mean, this is what you get. This, you did a feature on your show the other day, didn't you, where you asked people how kids have lost it the worst. Oh, yeah. What ridiculous <laughs> things have they had meltdowns over? And people were like, my little girl was crying her eyes out because her middle finger was longer than like her other fingers. <laughs> Just ridiculous. Or one that she couldn't say bye to her poo. Oh, yeah. Her mum flushed it. Her mum flushed her poo down the toilet. You didn't let me say goodbye to my poo. (laughs) Sounds like me. (laughs) Sounds like me on a Harry's like, I'm flushing this. Did you have a little bit of a scare early on in the pregnancy, which made you think... I did, actually. About eight weeks pregnant, um, I... Started bleeding, hmm. and I part of me was like, "Oh, of course this would this would end up happening." Like there was like like I'm a piece of shit. Do you know what I mean? So I don't deserve this. Hmm. And we went to the hospital, and um, A and E on a Friday night always a joy, right? <laughs> what a night uh, to go! And um, they were like, oh, "You're probably having a miscarriage." Yeah, sent us home. They were like, but I remember going to the early pregnancy unit. We got off the bus, and I remember seeing Hugh Grant cross the road because it was the Chelsea and Westminster Hospital. And I was like, "It's a good omen." <laughs> and Harry's like, what "The fuck? Why are you so shallow?" Even at moments like this, I'm like, "It's a good omen." Hugh, Hugh what would have been a bad omen? I don't know. Um, I'm trying to think of who Hugh Grant's nemesis tends to be. Colin Firth. Colin Firth. He would yeah. have been a bad omen. Yeah. Oh no, he's actually he's the good guy. He's the good guy. Yeah, I don't know. That, I, I was, I was, I was. I, my head wasn't in a normal yeah. place. Anyway, we went to the EPU and had a scan, and um, there was the little heartbeat, and um, and yeah, and I was like, oh my god, you know, it kind of became very real. Um, yeah, God, I've forgotten about that. Yeah, that's why I love the book because you just never know what's going to happen. And I was like, please don't. And I was so rooting for you at the end. I was like, please don't let her lose this bloody child. Please let it. I know. Well, I really do. And this sounds, oh my God, I can't believe I'm even going to say this. This God sounds really cheesy. Sake. But I really believe that Edie was kind of sent to kind of, I say save me. That sounds like really, but I don't believe in sort of accidents or anything like that. And, you know, like I, I, I just think so much. So much of me, mental health-wise, getting better has been because of her, you know, because I, I don't like, I'm like many people, I don't particularly like myself or feel comfortable with myself. And, and now I do like myself a bit more, but the initial kind of hurdle of, of like helping myself had to be because I was like, I can't let her grow up in a world where she feels she can't talk about this stuff, yeah. you know, but also 
like I knew I couldn't let my mental illness you know like it was almost fine when it was just affecting me but Mm. when it started to affect it was like affecting her it could potentially affect her the way she grew up I was like "Uh uh-uh we ain't no no fuck off OCD you're not you know what I mean like this ain't happening does it feel like it gives you a a kind of almost higher purpose that not to give it too grander thing but you're not living for yourself anymore yeah and I think that I've I've, you know I got sober like nearly two years ago so she was four when I got sober and so it took me a while to get that kind of but I when I see people in recovery who are young and they you know like in their 20s I'm like so full of awe for them do you know what I mean because Mm -hmm. to just do that you know when all your mates are probably still doing it and you know, and I'd, I'd sort of got that all out of the way, really. And yeah. then some. I remember going to rehab and being like, I feel like I've used, I've drank my like, lifetime's um, quota of alcohol. And the counsellor was like, and five other people's as well. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, wow. okay, yeah, thanks for that. But you know what I mean? Like, I, I, so, it, 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 you know, in a way, she's made getting better easy. Yeah. Because it's like, any time I feel like going, pressing the fuck it button, which, you know, we all want to press occasionally uh i'm like no you can't do that brady you can't press the fuck it button because you've got to get up at six o'clock tomorrow morning whereas yeah. I, there was a lot of time where I'd, i would even though i knew the getting up at six in the morning was coming i'd still press the fuck it bu- button but i you know eventually she made it very hard for me to carry on doing that so selfish <laughs> <laughs> mom get up do you know what i mean like yeah. it, it becomes it becomes less kind of natural to do it what is your life like as a mum at the moment um it's kind of amazing lovely and you know she's hilarious and I'm really lucky like I have a I have a really cool life you know and my job is fairly it's essentially just kind of if I have a feeling I then talk about it yeah <laughs> you do or you know you really do uh it's it's I don't know I'm really lucky like mum like life is sometimes like I've had to really learn boundaries I didn't know what a boundary was uh, until about 16 months ago like when people said Brian you need to draw a line around things or you know I'd be like then do I snort it do you know what I mean like that was my kind of like that is that what is that what you're talking about and they're like no that's absolutely not like my mum always said to me I could never say no to you and I was like that was your job mum that was your job yeah you know but obviously like growing up I thought it was great I had these really liberal parents but what happened was I kind of spilled out and this isn't like my parents I love my mum and dad they're mad but um so it's helped was really helped me to get very boundaried so I have never been very good at saying no to things or people or situations and I have to do that now so she sort of helps me to be like the other day she started throwing some sort of tantrum because she wanted to watch like some crap on Netflix and we were going out to the swings to do some wholesome fresh air activity yeah. you know which is how I like to see myself as a parent and I was like no we're not watching that crap on Netflix I didn't say crap obviously and she said to me but mummy how could you say no to a face like this I was like wow. where the fuck did you learn that and Harry was like from you she's 100% I love that she said that. me um, I feel sorry for Harry sometimes but it's but do you know what I mean like so it's fun and it's 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 like I learn a lot about myself that sounds so cheesy you know obviously it's demanding but it's not as demanding as having to deal with like crippling mental fucking illness every day do you know what I mean it's fun and I'm like on Edie's like I use her as an excuse now to like I'm like I get I go to bed at seven no I don't really but do you know what I mean like my, my day kind of um 
It's amazing. It's amazing. Honestly, guys, like, she can read. Like, she's starting to read. She's self-aware. Chapter books. She's self-aware. <laughs> you know, um, she's, it's just hilarious. It's really, really hilarious. What's the funniest thing she does? Um, well, she does things like, you know, how could you say no to a face like this? I mean, that's and, brilliant. And then another day we had a f- series of uh, face-offs, put it that way, between the two of us <laughs> one afternoon after school. And Harry came home and he was like, how was your day, Edie? She said, well... <laughs> Mummy and I had a bit of a palaver. I was like, what the f- um, <laughs> that is funny. She does say things to me like, you know, she'll hear me go, oh, fuck's sake. <laughs> Mummy, don't say that. Or, you know, it is, it is. I mean, like the things that people are probably listening going, it's not that funny, but I think it's hysterical. I love it when kids use grown up words that they've heard yeah, you yeah. say, Mummy and I had a bit of a palaver. Palaver. Brilliant. Yeah. The only kids who do that that I really know are Americans. You know, when you go to America and the American kids are like, Mummy, can I go to the exclusion zone? You're like, how do you know that phrase? <laughs> Why is that? Zone. Exclusion zone. <laughs> When something like you'd, you'd find in Baghdad. Yeah. <laughs> All those kids what just being sent to Baghdad. I'm like, wow, that is what? harsh. No. I can't remember why. I think it was... I think just, you might have heard one say, can I leave the exclusion yeah. zone? I don't know. They, like, they say shit What's wrong like with that. the naughty step? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but they overcomplicate everything. Yeah. Yeah. No, I think... Yeah. I, really grown I think up. in general they do grow up and they learn words much yeah. earlier than, than British kids. But we kids. also, like, I find that through Edie explaining concepts... So, for example, to the, today we had to go to the pharmacy to pick up my antidepressants, right? And I said, oh, I have to go and get my medicine. And she was like, but what, why do you need medicine? And I said, well, because I've got this thing in my head and it makes me feel sad more and more likely to feel sad than other people. And I so then I started to break down uh, my mental illnesses to like what they essentially are, which is an illness like any other. And so mm. that's really quite helpful, yeah. actually. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Instead of going, oh, I've got slightly high blood pressure, like making up some bullshit. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? And so I find that it does put it, I am constantly kind of reframing the stuff that I learned growing up in a society that never spoke about mental health. Yeah. For her. Does that mm. make sense? I think yeah, that's yeah. so important. I think honesty mm. as well. Even at that age, I think it's really important. Mm. Um, I can't seem to make up my mind about having one child. And it feels like you've been quite indecisive about having a second. Mm. These are genuine headlines of some of the articles you've written over the past five years. Bryony Gordon ponders having another child. Bryony Gordon wants to have another child. Bryony Gordon on being unsure about having a second child. Hankering for a second baby or a new home. Bryony can't sit still. Bryony Gordon, I finally stopped feeling bad about having an only child. <laughs> Did you find that the editor went, Bryony, what do you want to write about? Yeah. You're like, shit. I'm like, shit, I've got to write something else this week. <laughs> where are you at now? Um, where am I at? Well, I mean, the thing about having another child is you have to have sex. Um, and <laughs> I hope uh, Harry doesn't listen to podcasts. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Poor Harry. I feel also, like, being honest, I feel like I have birthed, since Edie was born, like, four other children. So I've written four books since she was since she was born. So there was The Wrong Knickers, Mad Girl, Eat, Drink, Run, and then I've got this other one coming out. You got this. You got this, which is like a mental health book for teenage girls. So it's all the things, so it's actually really a book for Edie. I'm like, mm. all the things that I wish I'd been told as a child yeah. or as a 12. So it's for Edie when she's a bit older that um, I'm only really finding out now at, at the age of 38. Writing a book is like, I mean, you get, it's like a, any kind of work project. Like it's, it's all consuming. And so I feel like I birthed, like I look at people like is it Helena, Dame Helena Morrissey or something who has like seven children and runs like a FTSE 100 company or is a lawyer what but I don't think I could do that like my life is pretty fucking full and um, 
so the mental health campaigning all of that stuff and I you know I run a little um not-for-profit called mental health mates which is getting bigger and is all over the country now and so like I am like actually I could have another child for the sake of having another child because you know that's what we do don't we we have 2.4 children or Mm. you know you know and you know like people sometimes say to me like oh but you'll regret only having one I'm like what is, is if like it's like collect the set. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> and I'm like, will I? Will I? Or will I just be like, oh, how? Like, I feel very lucky to have one child. Yeah. yeah. And so the time I have, I want it to be quality time dedicated to her. Yeah. This is my personal preference, and there are people that are completely different, so don't. But I don't. I I think that now adding a baby into the mix would be a fucking disaster. <laughs> And she, you know, she's like, "Mommy, I want a bro-. She's very specific. I want a brother and a sister. I'm like, nope. Well, that's interesting that she says that. I don't ever, like, obviously I grew up with siblings, but it doesn't make me feel like I'd want to have more than one if I did have one. I get asked a lot, when are you having kids? I imagine for you now, people always ask you, oh, when are you having another and how yeah. do you respond to that compared to how you would like to respond, or is it the I'm same? Like, what, what, like fuck off! It's none of your business. <laughs> I'm like, it's so I'm frustrating. Like, I tell you when I'm having another. Get my diary out, and then they, <laughs> and then I start going. Well, the thing is, tomorrow I've got this, that I've got that. I've got a board meeting for mental health mates. Then I've got to go to an AA meeting. Then I've got an interview. I've got then I've got to record a series of my podcast. Then I've got to write a book. Then I'm going to da 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 da. Then I've got to run a marathon. Then I've got to da da da. So and they'll be like, oh my god, I wish I hadn't fucking. Yes. <laughs> I just kind of changed the subject. Yeah. You know, I don't think that our worth as women should be defined by how many children we have, if we have children at all. This is how I felt from the very beginning when I even discussed the idea of having kids with Bodge. Our compromise would have to be one. It's not two. I couldn't imagine ever having more than one. Yeah. And I was with someone literally over the weekend and I was talking about it. And she went, yeah, but only children are weird, aren't they? Like, they're more insular and they're more spoiled and they can be really antisocial. And I was like, do you really She's like, like your kid's going to be fucked. Yeah. I had a sister. You said you had two siblings? Yeah, I have a I have a sister who's two years younger than me and a brother who's 12 years younger than me. Okay. And I actually, so I was reading Long Knickers and I can see you had the kind of competitiveness of your sister. Awful. And me and my sister, when I was growing up, we didn't get on at all yeah at all so it's not like oh hey we just played together and entertained each other she fucking hated me yeah, yeah. and you're lucky because you got on with your twin and your yeah sisters. when we weren't pushing each other's heads through the greenhouse we still Very fought specific. like that yeah I did I threw Cameron through the greenhouse I'm surprised she's still alive I can't believe she didn't die <laughs> no, long, no long term damage no long term damage there but no we did fight as well but mm. it just hasn't even though I grew up and people say, but you grew up with sisters. Imagine like growing up without them. And I'm like, yeah, but that's all I knew. I don't believe that I would have to then have more than one child also, in order to... It's that notion that you like, you have this like lonely, awful existence, <laughs> the three of you sort of like, I don't know, like... Oh, like what is got, that? that? That's the noise of the guinea pigs. But who needs another child? I have three children. <laughs> I have my guinea pigs. They know wow, they I never make, knew they made that they noise. They make incredible sounds, yeah. Sounds like a flea massage ba- flea, flea bag hasn't kind of like actually honed in on the sounds that the guinea pigs make, which is special. Wow, um, I can't believe yeah. I've just discovered what noises guinea but pigs make. the idea that we're rattling around, leading sad sort of like Dickensian lives yeah. in a kind of like, you know, in a, you know, like we have very full lives. She's always... She's hanging out with her mates. Do you know what I mean? It's like, I, d- I don't, like, I don't, like, Harry, my husband's an only child. Yeah. And um, 
he doesn't seem to be da- I mean I'm way more damaged than him and I'm one of three you know yeah I think it's a really kind of I think it's a rude question I hope that we're getting to the stage now where we stop asking people that question because I think it's mm-hmm. we I think in society we've made it like it's just a like oh isn't the weather nice oh do you have children are you planning on having children yeah. do you know what I mean like I think we think it's a polite small talk but it's not actually no because that behind that question are so many you know there are so many answers yeah so many possibilities don't want children people that can't have children people who have had children who have died people who you know and when I wrote that piece about um the the most recent the last piece I wrote about having one child and the questions about it and I posted it on Instagram and there was this outpouring like actually if you go and find it on my Instagram hundreds and hundreds of comments from people talking about their experiences and one of them was this most heartbreaking comment from a woman who is always asked when she's having children and she found it really difficult to get pregnant her and husband and then they got pregnant and they had their daughter and she she died very suddenly when she was about six months old Mm. of maybe sepsis or something but and so she's like I I am a mother I do have a child she's just not with us and I I think you've got to be really careful it's it's just being sensitive and you know there's other things we can talk about we've got lots of subjects that we can have small talk about like Brexit yes (laughs) are there any experiences with Edie you've had where you think this would be so much worse if I had two or the opposite all the time like when she throws tantrums and I just don't I'm not I'm like half the time in my head I'm having a breakdown as well because I'm you know I have a history of mental illness and I think could I deal with the breakdown I'm having the breakdown she's having and then another child wailing in the background no how does Harry feel about it poor Harry he's like not my husband he's like my carer I often say (laughs) that's basically Harry says I say to him oh would you like another child and he's like yeah but you know we have look Harry and I are very like we deal with the situation that we have in front of us instead of going oh I wish you know like I've learned if I've learned anything it's the like the thing of wanting more and more and more I was always like that oh okay I've achieved this what next what next what next right that is a fucking recipe for misery mm-hmm. you know it, thinking about all the things you don't have rather than things you, you do have you know so I could sit here and go my house is you know I did you know we were living in a flat and we bought this house and the house is falling down you know there's a hole above literally above Martin's head uh, in the ceiling you know and you know I could think oh I wish we had like the other the other houses around here we had a side return and a loft and we had more than one bathroom and, and I'm like get a fucking grip Gordon yeah. do you know what I mean like I'm really lucky and so I don't I don't like if we were to have another child we'd be like great Wonderful, but we have you know that is not our reality. Yeah, mm. like I have not fallen fallen pregnant. I hate that phrase. I you know. keep saying it. What? You keep going. When did you fall? I've never said. Oh my when god, did guys, you fall? guys, guys, calm down. I will okay. literally smash your face. <laughs> Love this. It's great just having one, isn't it? He was like, well, if we have kids, we have to have two. And I'm like, but why? I didn't say we have to. You didn't, actually. <laughs> but why? But, you know, like, it's like that thing of, like, I have to have this. I have to do, like, you don't. Like, uh, you don't. Also, it's bloody t- tough on your body. Like, you don't have to have the baby. Do you know, I've got to say, doing over the course of this podcast, yeah, that was initially the thing of let's have two. And I don't think as a bloke... You don't really realise. I know that sounds stupid because I'm 35 and I'm adult enough to learn all these things. But hearing about younger things... man. <laughs> oh, he's my toy boy. 
hearing about things like it. sweeps Love and then it. like the fact that it kind of breaks apart down there. Yeah, it does apparently. Yeah. Mine didn't. <laughs> I ended up having an emergency C-section. Yeah. But like, you know, it's fucking knackering. Yeah. Mm. And I know a lot of my friends who have more than one and, you know, they're like, oh, but the payoff is that they will play together and they keep each other entertained and stuff like that. And I'm like, that that's good. You keep telling yourself that that's worth the time. You know, like the point yeah. is, is that the, our realities are our realities. Yeah. And if you've got pregnant quickly afterwards and you have two or you have three or you have four or you have five, you just got to do what you got to do to keep going and yeah. make yeah. yourself happy and go, right, this is, this is the situation. I have seven kids. I have one kid. I have no kids. You know what I mean? Like we all tell ourselves whatever we need to tell ourselves to make sure that we feel that the decision or the, the choices we've been led down are the right ones. Yeah. So I tell myself endlessly, oh, I have more time for her. It's good for my mental health. But if I was to piss on a stick tomorrow, I won't because I've literally just finished my period. But if I was to piss on a stick in four weeks' time, I should get, you know, I'd be like, oh, well, we've always wanted a second child. Do you know what I mean? It'll be great. Oh, Edie's a bit older. She's six now. She's it's the right time to be yeah. doing, you know, like I you make, convince yourself. Do you know what so I mean? True. So it's like, it is what it is. And, you know, and I think the most important is you just, you just deal with what is and not what isn't. Does yeah. that make sense? It does. That's very good advice. I think the perfect size yeah. family is whatever you've got in front of yeah. you because no guarantee. A family that... doesn't have to look, it doesn't have to have a mum, a dad, a child. You know, it could be two women and a dog or a cat or whatever, or two men and a, and a guinea pig. Or it could be, you know, our notion of family is is changing in this kind of world where we are all more connected, less connected. I don't know, but like you choose your family, you make your family. And I have a, lot, a great deal of friends who feel like family yeah. to me, mm. who I treat like mm-hmm. um, older sisters. So you scream go, at them. And they go, oh, for fuck's sake, Bryony, what now? <laughs> um, you know, and like, I think we're kind of much more on board with that notion. We're family now. I feel like... <laughs> We've been to your house. Auntie Bryony. I put my head through your roof of your kitchen. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Break it. You can blame that on me. Here's a fact. One in five mums stop after one child. Um, and this is compared to one in eight over a decade ago. So where do you think we'll be in a a decade from now? Because I do think more women are going to focus on what they want to do rather than what society tells them to do. And that is, I know so many people who are putting a career first or putting a career alongside motherhood. But also our planet is getting ever, you know, the other other justification I have for one genre is I'm much more environmentally friendly than my (laughs) friends. I'm like, you're a drain on society. They're like, fuck you, Bridie. Like, we are are a plastic-free household, solar panels on the roof, you don't recycle properly, piece of shit. I don't know. Also, I feel like as women, not obviously, I'm not looking at you here, Martin, but like, we also, we have that tendency, or the society has that tendency to like play us off against each other so so it's not just mums versus career you know it's then stay at home mums working mums it's then mum of one mum of actually it's just another way for the patriarchy to like keep us bickering with each other so that we're not dealing with them you know and I I feel quite strongly about that it's like what other people do is none of my business and I I have like literally no desire to make it my business do you find though I mean in this day and age there is so much of media is very inward looking and like assessing what people are doing so especially celebrities yeah like the daily mail sidebar of shame yeah you know that's just and people read that it's just that obsession of what other people are doing but it also i think it enables it connects you to people like you 
so there's always a flip side, isn't there? Yeah. Um, They've got mental health mates. Yeah. So I, I kind of am quite like, I probably do have the Mail Online app. Or <laughs> um, Brilliant. It's like my judging girl. you right now. But I don't, I don't, I don't drink alcohol or take cocaine anymore. So, like, what the fuck more do you want from me? Okay, <laughs> allow me the mail online on my phone. Um, I'm allowed what? half cigarette, half cigarette, and and while minutes. looking at the sidebar of shame. Oh, I feel soiled. <laughs> I feel like a bad person, but it's okay, Bryony. It's okay because you're a mum and you're in, the, you know, connected to a lot more parents. Do you have any horror stories without naming any names of women who have had more than one and regret it um <laughs> oh gosh <laughs> sorry i have friends who are like just don't do it don't have another child really yeah friends have said that to me and i'm like okay would you like a hug <laughs> would you like me to take one of them for the night <laughs> to be fair adam buxton said it on his podcast because he's got two kids and he went yeah you know one one is fine one is satisfactory <laughs> satisfactory i can imagine him and saying he's a big that. hero of mine so that's probably yeah. changed my opinion more than anything yeah, good he's a funny guy yeah no i have people say just don't you know like it's too late for me but i can save so, yourself save Bryony. yourself, save yourself. <laughs> so it's like that thing of like well like yeah it's, it's too late for me but you can still there's still time then you get people like um who's it tana ramsey you know who's just had her fifth or something you know oh my God. There's like a massive gap and then they're like, oh, I have another one. I quite fancy getting... Five kids. Getting, no, 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 no. <laughs> but I quite fancy getting to like 45. Is that possible? Can you have kids at 45? And you? be yeah. like, oh, look, I'm pregnant. And Edie being like, for fuck's sake, I'm 12. Like, <laughs> that's what happened to me. Like, I was, my mum told me she was pregnant when I was like 12. And I was like, that is grotesque. <laughs> but like, that's like pie in the sky thinking because I'm probably perimenopausal already. See, this is classic you thinking. No, 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 no. No, no, no. I mean, I, I like my anyway, without going into too many details, but like that would be nice. But it's not what I need to do is just like get through today and tomorrow <laughs> without worrying about. Yeah. Well, maybe in seven years time, I'll have another child. Well, you can always adopt at that stage as well. Well, you? you know, that is actually something I talk about quite a lot with my husband because there's that part of me that always wants to kind of like rescue and help and all of that. And uh, look at the guinea pig. It's chilled out. Sorry. It looks like Kate Winslet on the sofa in Titanic when she's having her portrait. Paint me like one of your French guinea pigs. (laughs) That's what he says, Charlotte. Is it Charlotte? That's Is that Katie? He's so comfy. He's made himself like a little pillow out of straw. He's really happy. I kind of want to get Let's get guinea pigs. Fuck children. It's almost as good as we've met. There's a woman in the park with a dog. That she looks after, and uh, the dog's owner let the kids name it, so they call it Toothpaste. Yeah, there's a dog in the park <laughs> called Toothpaste. Toothpaste. I love that. If I have another child, I might call it Toothpaste. <laughs> <laughs> toothpaste Gordon. Yeah. There's a ring to that. Uh, Dr. Toothpaste Gordon would work. <laughs> Dentist. <laughs> Dentist. I think there's so much pressure on women and mums, especially to be that mm. kind of perfect you know oh you must love your child and everything must be happy and mm. yada 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 and obviously that's just not true because it's not real life mm. do you find that being in the position I do love my child yeah I know <laughs> just disclaimer <laughs> but do you find that mums come to you as you are so honest and so kind of public with how you feel and say listen actually I'm having a tough yeah. time they yeah. feel they can come to you more yeah I get quite a lot of um, yeah honesty which I love mm. I think you just, I think it's not just mums, it's, you know, it's anyone. Like, I think once you, like, mental health is the great kind of leveller, do you know what I mean? So it doesn't even have to be something that you've experienced. It could be someone you love very much, who's going through a tough time and you just want to kind of offload. 
and it doesn't matter who you are or what your job is or how much money you earn or you know what I mean it's like we all have something a story to tell so it's a really great privilege that having kind of felt silenced and embarrassed and ashamed of myself for so many decades that now it's like oh my god people are just open and every time someone tells me their story I feel less weird but do you know what I mean yeah, like people yeah. are like oh you, you you know you help people I'm like no it's entirely selfish <laughs> like it's because I was like uh there must, I know intellectually there are other people out there like me like I've had, I keep hearing that fucking one in four statistic yeah. but I'm like where are you where are yeah. you because we're also so for me it's like come <laughs> come children come to me <laughs> I love Piper it's great that you want to talk about yeah. the mental health mates as well you, mm. you've got a platform for people to chat even in just the comments even if they're not talking to yeah, you as well yeah yeah, yeah. Because you're not around to be there all the time, right? No, and I don't, like, I'm very kind of like, I'm quite boundaried again about, you know, like, I get quite a lot of messages asking advice and I, I'm not a therapist, do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. the work I've done is, that's enough, the books are enough, do you know what I mean? Yeah. But if it's helped them, sometimes people just want to, like, just reach out and let, and know that someone else is there and understands and that's and it's a real privilege so i feel fairly convinced that one is the way forward if i'm honest i know wow what's the one piece of advice you'd give on having a child that what's the kind of one thing you go everyone must know this about having a child sort your shit out do not pass down to your child the shit that got passed down to you. You got this, yeah. the book. When is that out? May the 2nd. So I don't write about having children, but I write a lot about masturbation. <laughs> I don't honestly, think I've ever met anyone more open and honest than you. It's fantastic. It's you my favourite chapter to write. Is it? <laughs> I feel like we are in Fleabag, honestly, now. We're talking about masturbation. <laughs> uh, the guinea pigs are here. We're talking about excesses. It's yeah, great. It's I, I am like a Primark Phoebe Waller-Bridge. <laughs> <laughs> I think the best present you can give to a child is write her a book, and that's what you've done for Edith. It's thinks, fantastic. But she thinks it's going to be like uh, like unicorn princess story. She's going to be very fucking disappointed when she reads it. A few she's pages like, with pictures. Yeah, she's like, um, why are you writing about that? Asked a bit like, do you know what I mean? Like, she can't read it now. No. Yeah. But how, but, how cool is that going to be for Edie to be able to read that book when you also, think she's old enough? I want lots of grown women to read it too. Because okay. when I wrote it, it was like I was re... It was like I was just... It was like became like a manifesto by which I want to live my life yeah. as a as a woman from now on. Do you know what I mean? So it wasn't... It was like really... It was, again, it's entirely selfish. It was just for me. It's like, here, these are the things, Brian, that you need to like... You know, these are like the 10 rules, you know, that you that you need to live your life by. Um, and I think it's like... That's what I say, it's for teenage girls, but it's sort of for the teenage girl and all of us who, yeah. never, who was never told that the most powerful thing she can be when she grows up is herself. I think we should end that. it on there. Have I convinced you to have a child... If I'm going to be honest, no. <laughs> Brian, hey. I, I feel I like I convinced you to just, can no. I convince you to just have one child? You've, yeah, I, I am convinced. So you're closer. Yes. Close, closer no, to reaching compromise. compromise. I was Better joking. than Brexit. <laughs> yeah, it's a compromise. No, I've, I, do, I do feel that this podcast, especially today, it's, it's, it's fine having one child. And I just, this, this episode was mainly for Martin's benefit to, to let him know that our child isn't going to be weird if I we have one. I didn't say the weird thing, by the no, way. No, you said, no, but sorry, someone else said that the other day and I was so offended, but they're not going to be lonely. And I said to you, how and I like, I'm worried about how much time I will have just to do other stuff. And mm. by the sounds of it, it's all consuming your life. 
life is for the first but 12 also, months. I think I found I got a lot better at using my time more constructively once I had ED. Right. I was like, okay, I'm not going to stand no that. I'm not going to stand around this water cooler at work and gossip with you about as I'm like, I need to get home. Yeah. I wish I could still stand around the water cooler. <laughs> but, and I do now. That's creeped, crept back in, obviously. <laughs> but like, you know, I, so yeah. What is, we make our own families. Yeah. I'm excited. I'm, I'm, I'm excited to know. I'm like, I want to, I want to give you my number and like, t- <laughs> when you piss on a stick and it, <laughs> I want you to tell me. Thank you so much, Brian. Thank you. Thank for you enjoy me. the Caribbean. Oh, I will. That was such a funny night. Bryony Gordon yeah. is one of my favourite people on the planet. She is so open. There's just no holding her back, is there, once she no. starts to talk to you? No. No filter. There was definitely no filter, which, <laughs> which is a good thing. That's what you want from people, right? And I think that's why she advocates it so strongly, because she doesn't want to feel like she's being held back because obviously it was such a source of angst for her, you know, and issues around mental health for such a long time. I feel like after that, if I ever did pee on a stick, I'd most likely want to tell Bryony before I told you. Cool. If I was pregnant. (laughs) Nice one. (laughs) I mean, I don't like her that much, so, you know, let's not get carried away. Um, You also heard Bryony talk about her charity Mental Health Mates. If you want more information or you want to find that on social media, we've put a link to it in our show notes. I think what's also incredibly interesting is we went from McDonald's afterwards, didn't we? We did. (laughs) We went to Clapham McDonald's and we sat in. One thing to always remember about the apple pie, the inside is hotter than the surface of the sun. (laughs) Um, I don't know how they're still allowed to do that. I'm sure there's some kind of health and safety thing they're breaking. And yeah, I obviously was very greedy, decided to bite in. Just couldn't wait, could you? And I had to have a tongue transplant afterwards. Oh, I took great pleasure in watching you burn the roof of your mouth, Anne. That's kind of you. <laughs> yeah, so big up Mackie D's. Anyway, if you want to get in touch with us, don't forget you can email us at maybebabycast at gmail.com. And if you really like the episode, don't forget to share it. Subscribe as well and give us a little rating if you have time. We'd really appreciate it. Yes, please do. Our next episode is with a woman who is a hero. Of She's a comedy legend. She's a comedy bloody legend. She's she amazing. Is. And uh, she also propositioned you afterwards. Well, she texted you with that proposition. So it didn't really, <laughs> it was, maybe it's how they do it in South London. I don't know. Uh, no, she was amazing. And she's joining us to talk about raising children. That's all from us. We hope you enjoyed our conversation with Bryony and we look forward to next time. Bye. Why do you always do the buys like that? It's just uncomfortable. It's just Bye. awkwardness. It's just awkwardness. I'm just filling the space. Not a professional. Don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> just trying to get by one day at a time without being ridiculed by people that I meet who hear me on this blo- podcast. On the what? On the podcast. <laughs> Come here. Blogcast. Come here and give me a kiss. No. Bye. Bye. <laughs>